Can't get enough wrestling talk? Well, check out Ringside Rant with top guys RJ and Justin, the kings of ranting. The new shows drop each Friday morning at 9 Eastern, and it'll take you back to the good old days of pro wrestling, but also the not-so-good days. Ringside Rant is available on all podcast platforms, as well as full press coverage, Wrestling with Johnners Network, and the Shining Wizards Network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore ringside rant. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows drop Friday morning at nine Eastern. That's ringside rant with RJ and Justin, a couple of top guys doing top guy stuff. It's ringside rant with RJ and Justin new shows Friday mornings at nine Eastern. It's Friday. It's 9 a.m. You know what that means. Another great episode of the Ringside Rand is with you this week. And introducing your host, he is Cincinnati's favorite son, J.D. Justin Davis. And from Rochester, New York, he is the man with the magical voice. RJ! And as always, welcome to Ranters Nation. Welcome back to the Ringside Rant. I am the man with magical voice, RJ. He is Bret Hart's favorite podcaster. JD Justin Davis. Justin, welcome back. It is good to be back. I uh hope y'all missed me. I know I'm not as good as the old pond water day, but I am taller at least. So there's that. Well, that and geese don't want to kill you. So well, at least, I, I'm, not I'm, that I'm, I'm aware of. I'm a friend of the goose and pond water, you know. If a goose don't trust you, then what do you have? And I to me, I don't, you know, I think there's something wrong with pond water. If it, he, he can't be trusted by goose. I mean, he drives hours at a time to go referee some fucking Mississippi wrestling, mud wrestling match. I mean, what is well, this guy? Mud, jello, pudding. I, I, I think he's uh, into, in, into the, the mud and the pudding and all that stuff just because he wants to have the leftover pudding or jello or something. Well, I know he probably on top of the pudding he'll put some uh flaming hot uh cheetos on top and well anyone that does that needs his head checked well at least he's not uh refereeing uh skyline chili matches so oh well skyline chili jello matches don't forget we oh uh, true true (laughs) cherry jello only though you can't get any other jello in there it is good to be back i am sorry that i missed y'all for a few weeks i've been working my uh, tail off umpiring softball went to pigeon forge tennessee last weekend and did uh 15 softball games and the weekend before that i was in cleveland the mistake by the lake where i did uh, where i did 15 softball games so in the span of a week basically weekend to weekend i did 30 softball games so jesus christ i uh i'm about to be home for the weekend (laughs) Yeah, and then you, you make your salary from school in a weekend, right? Yeah, pretty much. So uh, <laughs> it, it was good money, but it was uh, it was very much hard work. And um, I'm glad that it's over. And I'm glad that I'm here at the house for the weekend and about to have a little July 4th celebration tomorrow with some friends. And 
gonna smoke me a big old pork butt and make some pulled pork tomorrow so hey leave michael mcclanahan out of this <laughs> well he is a pork butt um <laughs> But uh, no. no, I am glad to be back. I'm glad to. I'm sorry that I had to miss a couple weeks. Uh, timing just did not work out with us. Uh, whereas our, RJ and Dave could only record on the weekend, and I could not be seen or got a hold of on the weekends the last few weekends. So, well, I was about I was about like 20 minutes away from putting out like smoke signals or something. You yeah. could see me from the top of the hills there in West Virginia, but. Uh, no, it's good to have you back, though. And, uh, you know, we have Bash at the Beach last week in 96. This week we got uh, 12, oh, 97. Before we get started, I have a bone to pick. Uh-oh. Uh, my minions have reported to me while I was gone that you guys snuck one in on me and you moved Bret Hart out of the fucking top five. Yeah, I see. I see what happens I, when I, I said, go away. I, you know, wait, 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 wait. Your minions... I sent it to you exactly after we recorded because I wanted you to hear it from me first before <laughs> your little your little minions there, Michael McClanahan or uh, whomever, probably Frank Bruno for all I know, <laughs> told you. I'm like, hey, this is what happened. I, I didn't want to do it, but Dave else. convinced me. This is something else. I, I, I leave for a week or two and they start moving fucking – who who is this guy? Randy Orton in front Randall of Bret Hart. Kenneth Orton. What the fuck is going on around here? Even on his birthday, I'm like, today's his birthday. What is he like, 102 or something? Who Brett's birthday? Today. Today is. I figured you would know. Well, you know, I got up late. I haven't been alerted to this. Well, news. apparently, geez, I, I figured you'd have it like tattooed on your arm or something with uh, a picture of him. You're right. I should know um, that. Jeez, I even knew it too, and that's not. Oh, normal. while I, while I was gone, I do have some more news. Uh-oh. I bought me a ticket to Ric Flair's last match in the lower bowl, so there I you will go. Be, be there for that. Um, looking forward to that. Um, and I'll be meeting my boy Bret Hart on the same weekend, so it should be a fun weekend in Nashville. Even though I have to stay with Frank Bruno in the hotel. So Frank Bruno is going to be your bodyguard and he's going to basically have to cart you around after you become a sack full of like spinal fluid after you meet Bret Hart. Yeah. Um, so the aforementioned Bret Hart, he is 65 years young today. Mm, and still can out wrestle uh, 25% of the crew out there going on today. But Probably. yes. <laughs> him, him and, Brett, him and uh, Kurt Angle could still have a match. But uh, no, happy birthday to the hitman. I did not know that. I'm glad you brought that up. Too bad he won't be on today's show. We won't get to talk about it. Nah, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll be able to work him in there some way. What but, is on today's show? What are we so talking it's, about? Uh, we're doing the month of Bass at the Beach. We're st- we started off last week, Dave and myself, with 96. This week we have 1997 Bash at the Beach from July 13th, 1997, 25 years ago. Uh, from the Ocean Center, Daytona Beach, about 17, or excuse me, 7,800 and a half uh, fans in the stands. Uh, so it's uh, something that I wanted to do this, Justin, when I told you about this, just to show, show everybody the significance of Hogan being the third man. And then the uh, after effects, the aftermath, if you will, 
after of the effects, bash at the beach. Aftermath. Yeah. Because we, we, we see a lot of it leading up. We're going to be doing this going all the way up to the last one in 2000 uh, towards the end of the month. Uh, so we see a lot of changing, uh, changing the guards in these, in this uh, bash at the beach, the summer uh, spectacular that was WCW. So basically last week you and Dave watched bash at the beach 96, which would be, the beginning of the NWO, and now we are pretty much a year in to the yeah. NWO here yeah. in uh, Bash at the Beach, nineteen ninety-seven. So we're going to see a lot of interesting things on this on this show, uh, but somebody that is quite very interesting himself is Mr. Rich Paladino. So let's send it up to the ring to him right now. It's the opening contest. Justin, I, one question that I do have to ask you is where the hell are these Hawaiian shirts and why are they in Tony Schiavone's closets? I got I got a couple in mine. I, uh, I'm a Hawaiian shirt fan. I got one with lemons on it and I have another one that's white with some uh, magenta roses on it, kind of Ric Flair robe-like. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, if you haven't signed up to try and get that Ric Flair robe you should what a what an opportunity by Conrad Conrad Thompson to put out right uh, if all you got to do is buy a ticket or not a ticket but uh put your name in the running for $50 <laughs> and your name could be pulled to own that beautiful white pink and purple robe of Ric Flair's last match this summer and I that, that is one of my favorite you know I'm a Ric Flair robe guy. I actually noted what he wore in this pay-per-view. Um, but going back to that original, I I love that. The white with the purple butterflies and the pink writing on it. I think it's a beautiful robe. So anybody gets a chance to win that, man, go for it. Because that was made specifically for this event, right? That wasn't the one that he had no, yeah, through it, WWE, right? This is a rep. This is remade his first robe that that Judy or whatever her name is um, ever made for him. So, it's Mr. Wrestling Two's wife, correct? I think. I think Wrestling One. Mr. Wrestling's. This is basically a remake of his first robe. Sure. Yeah. So, um, but look, and it looks really nice. Really nice. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth worth the money. That's for sure. Uh, But something that was kind of sort of not really worth the money was his first match we're going to see you got mortis and wrath with james vandenberg taking on glacier and ernest miller he's not the cat yet uh dave Meltzer gave it two and a half stars way too many stars way too many i i two and a half stars i've seen some of the matches that he gives duds to or no stars or a half a star we'll see one of them on this card this shit was worse than most of that this is a terrible opening match. I don't know why you wouldn't put Ultimo and Jericho, who is the second match. Sure. I don't know why so you flip flop them. Yes. Put that the opener and make this the second match. Well, but, I would even put the the six man, the cruiserweight six man that we're gonna see later after uh um after the Steiner match. I would even put honestly, I would even put the Steiner match before this. I mean or even just take this match completely off the card. That would be fine. <laughs> they, I mean, they always start with with the cruiserweights. Yeah. And there's Ultimo and Jericho right there in that second match. I don't know why you wouldn't start to show with it. Because well, this I, starting to show off with this is just a blah for me. 
Wrath and Mortis, um, who I I genuinely don't um, dislike too much. I usually like their work. Um, Glacier and Ernest Miller, they are what they are. But this match just it it did not work. It there was a lot of stuff that looked very soft. You know what I mean? Like not laid in, just the kicks and the sure. it just looked soft. Um the match itself was soft to me. I uh, just blah for an opener. I don't know why you would put that as an opener. Well, well and, and to give credit to Mortis and Wrath, two of the better workers, Mortis being uh Chris Canyon and Wrath being Brian Clark. Um you know, Vanderberg Brian, really... I think Brian Clark was the problem for me in this match mostly. You think so? I thought yeah. Brian Clark worked later on though. He, when got he was in part there, of Chronic. He he just was not good. If you go back and watch this match. And you watch the part where Clark gets in there. Clark is just not good in this match. You think and, he was just slow or something? Yeah, or he looked yeah. slow compared to the others. Um, well, the other three were just so they they were very there's there were a lot their speed was a lot like the next level. Yeah, I I don't know. I there was times when I liked Adam Bomb, Adam Clark, sure. or what, and not here. Not in this match. This was not good. Um, so I'm just gonna skip over. It. I mean, what it what is there to say? This is when they're still trying to feed off of Mortal Combat. You got Glacier, you got Mortis, you got Wrath, and it's yeah. that aspect of it is kind of stupid in itself. But then when you get into the match itself, it's a puker for me. Yeah. Um, second match though, Ultimo and Jericho, who is the cruiserweight champion. Now we've got something here, although not as good as I thought it would have been, but I said this should have been the opener. Obviously, we just talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Jericho's tights here. They were like, um, now I do have a problem. Ultimo Dragon and Jericho's tights were very similar. They were both like uh, that ocean blue collar, mm-hmm. um, but Jericho's pants had things going throughout it and it reminded me of a salty dog t-shirt that i had around this time <laughs> I was like, but uh uh jericho and and uh ultimo man it's hard to fuck that up and they, and they didn't fuck it up i just didn't i didn't view that match as their one of their best that i've seen yeah. them have um it was fine i can't i didn't write anything down to pull anything bad out of it just I think if they could have worked that match for a month in house shows and then got to have it, I think it would have been better. It almost just looked like they hadn't worked a ton together yet. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. You know, something else that was very salty was uh, the question that Mike Whitaker wanted to ask. And I wanted to get that to kind of take the focus off that first match was uh, it, it, it's related. It's a skyline chili. And he knew that would pop me. He said, do you think whoever shit on Conrad's floor had skyline chili? Because that will make you want to do that. Well, I'm not going to say that because I think that will bring my my own name into question on who shit on Conrad's floor. And I well, well, at I least there's more pe- possibilities there. then. There's more <laughs> possibilities then if that said person had Skyline Chili, it wouldn't come out like formed. It would come out scattered I, and splattered. I, I oh, I did have while I was in uh, Pigeon Forge umpiring. <laughs> I had some 
hillbilly hibachi, some other scattered oh, splattered and everything else. So that's why you overslept today because you're freaking crapping so much overnight. <laughs> you overslept. But I will say Whitaker does have a point in this. If the secret shitter was Dave Silva, if the secret shitter was one Casio kid, those two can't handle their skyline. They're much like Mike Whitaker. And I can tell just by looking at them, if they ate a little skyline, they'd have to run right to the shitter. See, I can eat, I can eat three conies and a fucking four-way, and you can take my ass to Charlotte right now. I'll ride all the way down there and won't have to shit. Because I've built a fucking immune system to skyline. These people like Mike Whitaker, who took his redneck ass up to Cincinnati and tried to eat it. And that didn't work out well for him. Uh, obviously these other people that I aforementioned, you have to build up, you know, a tolerance. It's like alcohol. You have to build up your tolerance. When you first drink that first beer, you're drunk. When you first eat your first skyline, your butthole's going to get a workout. I'm just saying it's going to happen. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I'm just going to move on. <laughs> and Ephraim you know, won't even be there to train. <laughs> but the thing is, that when when Mike Whitaker shits, he shits like a fucking chihuahua. They're like little fucking pellets. So he probably does. He's he so probably does. He looks He's like just so tiny. Yeah, he is a tiny person. You yeah, know, like, I would like to see Mike Whitaker versus Pondwater Dave in just an all-out uh, golden corral. Golden Corral parking lot brawl. Like well, we I, was, I was gonna put, you know, I was gonna say it would be like flaming hot Doritos on a pole match or something. Ooh, that'd be good. But yeah, neither the, one the, of them can probably climb up the pole because once they get up there, they'd be it'd be too high for them. They'd be scared. Why? But you put you put a helmet on them, they'll be fine. But uh, <laughs> no, we'll talk about this uh, Ultimo Dragon and Jericho for the WCW title. Four and a quarter stars from Meltzer. Like you said, this obviously should have been in, you know, the opener. Um, and honestly, we could honestly still see it in 2022 because Jericho's still going. Ultimo Dragon technically isn't retired yet. Uh, and, and of course, at one point, Tony Schiavone called him the ultimate dragon. I'm like, would you motherfuckers figure out what you want to call him? Because yeah, Mike because Tanae this is calls him the Ultimo. Ultimo Dragon. I would go with what Tanae says. <laughs> And fucking dumbass Skiavone over there goes, it's the ultimate dragon. Uh, you're the ultimate dumbass, Tony Schiavone. But that's a whole nother issue. Yeah. So we're gonna see Gino here on the on the uh, ramp the, talking about the hotline. Where's the dude in the mask telling Tony what to say when you need? What's his? I name think he lives there? in. I think he lives in upstate Pennsylvania. Oh wait, no, that's Paul Brownwell. Sorry, my bad. What's that um, guy's name on on that tells Tony what the names of all the moves are? Extra caliber, Excalibur. Yeah, Excalibur. That's it. Tony needs Excalibur on the show, so he'll know to say Ultimo Dragon and not Ultimo. Well, that's what Tanae's there for, though, right? Just put I a guess. mask on Tanae. <laughs> it's he fine. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people will be in favor of that. But uh, no, we see Gino on uh, the ramp here talking about the hotline, and then he walks down and starts talking to Raven and Steven Richards. Uh, Still really trying to get Raven over here. He's technically signed, but he hasn't been with the company. He hasn't re really wrestled yet. Um, I just love, I love a Raven promo, man. Yeah, he kind of came out and quoted some, uh, or he didn't come out. He was standing in the front row, um, but quoted some uh, poetry and everyone was trying to, everyone's still trying to figure out if he's a heel or a face. 
because they're like, is he going to be DDP's partner? Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck no, I ain't going to be DDP. But then Stevie Richards tries to um, tries to interject. And Well, yeah, and he tries to say that he has an announcement for Monday night and Raven beats the shit out of him because Raven doesn't want that announcement made, of course. So we already see the uh, the physical abuse that Raven puts on his own people here. Well, right. Well, that's yeah. gonna see you're gonna see that go and uh, go real real hardcore uh, with the flock. But another match, man. It, it's they're really like front ending these this pay per view with good matches. Compared to the back end of this pay per view, we'll see that in a little bit. But uh, Steiner Brothers, Rick and Sot taking on the great Muda and Maso Chono. Uh, Muda and Chono is part of the NWO. Uh, what are your thoughts on Muda being part of the NWO? We haven't really um, had a, anything to do with him in the NWO as of late. Well, it's because there's really not going to be a lot to do with it at all. Um, right. It's just just a thing where Bischoff is friends with those guys. And he's like, Hey, we'll be in the NWO probably drinking in a bar one night. And then they think it's a good idea. And then it happens and no one cares pretty much is what it is. No one cared. I mean, I love the great Muda. One of the best wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. No one cared in 1997 that him and Masachono were in NWO because a, they're not going to cut promos. B, no, they don't have a manager other than regular. Oh, no, not in the NWO, though. Not in the NWO. Well, so, I think Vincent came out with him a little none bit. None of too. the NWO is going to stick up and speak for him. You know what I mean? Like, right. if you put him in the NWO, okay, put DBLC with him. Make him an actual, like, because that's a badass tag team. Oh, it is, definitely. And I, and I thought that this match was going to be – I was always – ready for this match and then i got into it and it was just kind of like mm-hmm. yeah, like it, yeah i i expected the steiners i i don't think the steiners laid it in as much as they usually do probably out of respect of right. muda and Chota. sure but i don't know there was just something missing from this match and it may have been that just i thought it would be more physical than it was um, yeah, we're gonna see rick hit the ddt off the top rope for the pinfall victory and thus the steiners um, have earned a shot for the WCW Tag Team Championships. Uh, but Bryant Haremza, Mr. Viral himself, wants to know that uh, he's always been a big fan of Great Muda. What do we think of his presentation here? Uh, and did you think that he should have done more in WCW? I mean, he did a lot in WCW before this. Right, and then uh, he turned over to the NWO. I mean, in the early 90s. The great Muda was a hell of a wrestler against Sting and stuff like that. Ninety one good matches there in Flair and Luger and yeah, I mean Great Muda was awesome. Um, so what what is the question? Do did do I think he should have? Did you what what did you think of his presentation here and in general? And do you think he should have done more in WCW than he um, than he did? Obviously, yes, I am. His presentation here, I like. I always like Muda's presentation. I think it's always cool when he kind of does himself up before the match, um, spits his shit out, all that stuff. Like, I'm a fan of Muda. I'm a fan of Masachono. I'm a fan of the Steiners. I thought I would like this match better for some reason. It was kind of a, just a eh, eh for me. But um, as far as him and WCW, 
Yeah, I wish Great Muda would have stayed longer in his runs when he came over, like in the early 90s, mm -hmm. late 80s, whatever. Um, I also wish that people like Jim Hurd or whoever would have listened to Jim Ross when Jim Ross said to put the belt on Muda. Like, he wanted to put the belt on Muda and have a big Sting Muda blow-off, which I think mm -hmm. would have been great. Um, so, I mean, I always loved Muda. I, I was always surprised that he never made a WWE run, really, in the in the early 90s. I'm surprised period. we didn't, even if it was something in like a, like a Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or something where it could be like a, not more of like a one-off, one or two-off kind of thing, a short little program with somebody there, but uh, something, someone that would definitely fit into the era of, uh, you know, that lull that we saw between 93 to 96 there, that, that character-esque person um, that would fit in oh, yeah. really well. Man, you know, and after Brett got done wrestling Yoko. Going right into with Muda, right? Brett and Muda, man, for the title, like at WrestleMania. That would have been amazing. See, or you could even see him with Owen or Davey or really anybody there. Really, you'd see, uh, you'd, you'd, think, stay away, you'd stay away from the main eventers like a Diesel or Sean or... I or, think you uh, would bring... Man, this is crazy that this never happened. It'd be so easy to do. I think you bring Muda just right in with uh, Mr. Fuji and Cornette's crew. You make him like a partner with uh, Yoko. And they both hate Brett. And Brett has to wrestle both of them and blah, blah, blah. Well, but do you think if we put him there for, you know, we're fancy booking this, obviously, but you put him there with Fuji and Cornette, do you think we'd see him and Owen? Or do you think we'd see him and Owen as a tag team? Uh, Yoko and Owen, you mean? No, no, no. I mean Muda. If you bring him, because obviously Owen would be with his brother. Oh. Or no, no, he wouldn't at this point. Excuse they were me. fighting. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, do you think? Well, do you think he'd we'd see Owen and and Muda if we put Muda in there with? Uh, <laughs> Owen, 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 Muda, and Yoko. What a trio that would be. That would be fun. But do you think um, we'd eventually see that though? Instead, obviously, because we'd see Owen and 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 Yoko, but we wouldn't see. Obviously, Muda and, and, uh, and Owen. That would be a fun Survivor Series. Owen, right. Muda, Yoko. And like Davy Boy or something. Well, I was going to say you could put Davy with Brett. And then put Vader over there. Because Vader yeah. would be over there at this time. Yeah. Um, or put... RJ, you got any room for... Rhino, Rhino, just uh, sitting grazing at the house. Yeah, Rhino needs something to do, Vince. He's eating cupcakes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that would definitely—that's definitely interesting to think about, though. Kind of flip of the coin. Uh, but our next match here, we got, like I said, we've got the six man that should have been up on higher on the card. We have Hootoot Guerrero, Hector Garza. It's called, it's called a trios match. God damn it. Get it six right, man, RJ. Whatever. Potato, potato. You know what I meant. In AEW, <laughs> it's a trios match. Well, this isn't fucking AEW, so kiss my ass. They go off of what the Mask Wonder says from Mexican wrestling. So it's a trios match. Who's from California? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Uh, we got Huertu Guerrera, Hector Garza, Liz Mark Jr. taking on La Parca, Psychosis, and Villano five or four. Excuse me. This was the best match on the card for me. Four and a half, four and a quarter stars for Mr. Meltzer. Uh, 
you know, it was a typical cruiserweight match, man. You know, we saw that it, the the um, Ultimo Dragon and um, Jericho match before this. This was kind of a kind of pick me up after that match that we saw that kind of uh, tag match that they're kind of really, you know, they beat the crap out of each other. This is kind of a pick me up kind of thing as well in between this and the next match. But uh, I just think there's just too many mouths to feed here in the cruiserweight division, because I think that, uh, you know, you had the working relationship with triple a, you had the working relationship with um, uh, new Japan at this time. Just, just too many mouths to feed. Is that how you felt too, or no? Uh, I liked this match. I, I, I liked kind of the beginning. They're, the, they're starting to introduce us to people like La Parca mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, these different heel uh, characters here. And, you know, overall, like I said, I didn't have a problem with it. I think this is kind of, if they're going to have what they want to have in this cruiserweight division, then you need to have uh, definitely some... Uh, some levity to it. And I think these guys add that. And I, I think this is the beginning kind of period. I know La Parca had been there, but now we're starting to see him in, in you know, well, in pay-per-view matches and yeah. along with psychosis, some, another guy that's really not known to us hugely yet, moving to Guerrera. So yeah. we're starting to kind of introduce these different people, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Brian Rems is back and he wants to know, um, do you think La Parker was underrated or super underrated? His, <laughs> uh, I talked so, to Brian, I talked to yeah. Brian last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. That's a good question. I super underrated for me, you know, and I, to go along that way is somebody that I really liked at this time as well was psychosis i yeah. was a big fan of psychosis i was a big fan of this cruiserweight division because it was something that we weren't seeing on the other channel yeah um, because, psychosis was amazing you know we saw it on the other channel but you know it was a handful of guys if it was one thing that set wcw apart and we said this for as long as you've been a part of this show justin is the cruiserweight division set wcw apart from wwf and, you know, we have the center points, you have your hoovies, you got your La Parca psychosis, and then you sprinkle in Garza, Lismark, Villano Jr. or Villano Four. Um, so that Valeno made it Quattro. a little bit better. Villano Quattro. Um, you know, you know what it sucks for a guy like psychosis? Because psychosis, we just said, both loved him. He was fantastic. Sure. But when you get put as the heel... So you got to go on TV and lose to Juventus, lose to Ray, lose yeah. to Jericho, lose to Eddie Guerrero, Eddie, whoever, yeah. whoever. It sucks to get the, that moniker as the heel that has the job because if psychosis would have been a Ray or Hoovy, we, we would all think of psychosis so much more than we do now. Oh, of course, without question. You know what I mean, and, no, it I sucks, mean. and it sucks that it has to be that way. A guy has to win matches or be a good guy or whatever for us to remember his his poosh. God damn. Well, he got but, paid very well, though. Well, I know that. And what I'm saying he still is, got paid good. I don't think people remember or recognize his work 
as much as if they would if he would have been a face or whatever. Oh, sure. I agree with you on that. But yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, you get those hardcore fans of WCW like yourself or myself or anybody that's listened to the show um, for the last, you know, number of years is the, the hardcore fans recognize that, you know, you're running the mill fans that'll go back and watch it. The guy, kids that'll, you know, Michael McClanahan may not know the intricacies of a psychosis or a, um, well, Parker, I really, honestly, and Michael, I know you're listening. I would highly suggest you go back. If you, if you haven't, he may very, very well may have seen it, but go back and watch this stuff because it, it, it's something different. You know, your likes of the, a lot of the high flyers nowadays take a lot of stuff from those guys. I guarantee you. Um, but somebody that, uh, that wasn't a high flyer was Kevin Sullivan. He's up here with Jacqueline next in a retirement match against Chris Benoit, a um, little over 13 minute match, three and a half stars for Meltzer. Uh, three and two, a half stars, three and a half stars. I, God. Jesus Christ. I, this <sighs> Chris Benoit at this time, obviously we're talking about his in-ring work here. One of the best of all time by far. But Kevin Sullivan, it's like one of these are not like the other. You know, you had to have a dancing partner in these type of matches. And I'm just glad this is the retirement match and we don't have to watch it anymore. Like we don't have to watch Kevin Sullivan anymore. Have we got to see too this many Benoit too many match? Too many, man. Too many. And why the hell is Jackie getting involved so much with this? And did Sullivan win any of them? <laughs> I don't know that he. No, <laughs> no. He's like, he's like, when it comes to ter- or, uh, retirement matches, he's like Terry Funk. He's like, oh, I'm retiring this time. <laughs> oh wait, no, I'm going to retire this time. But did you like? Did you just not like Kevin Sullivan generally, or did you care for him more as a Booker? Um. Yeah, the latter. I I never got to watch Kevin Sullivan wrestle when it mattered or when he was good. Mm -hmm. I only got to watch Kevin Sullivan in 96 or 7 here when I was a kid. That was all I knew of Kevin Sullivan as a wrestler. Um, I never saw him as the devil or whatever he was in the 80s with Mm -hmm. uh, um, Luna Vachon and all these other people. I never saw that gimmick. I probably would have liked it. But I never got to see that. So for me, Sullivan as a kid was always go home heat. Don't give right. a fuck. So and speaking of go home heat, we have uh, Jeff Jarrett and Steve Mongo McMichael up next for the <laughs> U.S. Heavyweight Championship. Dave Meltzer gave this a dud. Six and a half minutes. <laughs> I would hope. And uh, there's not really much we can talk about this, but Devin Dowling wants to know how many of these little pukes did Justin call out uh, on a clear ball just because he didn't like the the look they gave him when they walked up. (laughs) So I I put this here because I knew that this match was going to be a dud, so I kind of want to lively up the show a little bit. Um, So I, unlike... uh... You know, like a uh, Nick Patrick or um, some other. Oh, that fucking heel Earl Hebner. I don't. I don't. You know, cheat my participants like they do in the ring. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, 
as far as this match goes, and don't even get me started on Brian Hebner. That motherfucker can't even get thrown over the ring rope. He has to do it twice because he's that unathletic. Um, anyways, Tony does say, um, so we start this match. Jeff Jarrett is the, is the United States champion. And Tony does say a few weeks ago, Jeff Jarrett was in the four horsemen. Tony Schiavone said that. He yeah, but you also Jeff- just sh- you shat on Tony Schiavone at the beginning of the show for this apparel. So, <laughs> you know, I think the options are really moot at this point. But Tony Schiavone does say that Jeff Jarrett was in the Four Horsemen a few weeks ago. So there's some more evidence to go in Jarrett's uh, little bag of tricks when he when he goes before the Conrad uh, court. Yeah, um, Dusty calls Mongo. <laughs> which I love Dusty. Mongo Mac Michaels. Almost Jerry Briscoe like Mac Michaels. Accurate. <laughs> it's accurate, yeah. Uh, there is a huge Jarrett sucks chant that starts at the beginning of this match. The whole crowd just breaks into Jarrett sucks at the beginning of this match. Hey, they're chanting something at least. <laughs> I mean, he just had such go away heat with me and many others at, uh, at this time period. Oh, without question. Um, uh, especially his this short WCW run, this 97. First one here. Late 96 one, yeah. That, <laughs> no he, one dug be, that. He'd be back. He'd be back. Uh, so we're going to see a Hogan and Rodman promo here leading up to the main event a little later on. Um, we'll talk about them a little bit more at the end of the show. I kind of want to get into this next match with uh, – Scott Hall and Macho Man Savage taking on DDP and Kurt Henning. A half a star. Oh, we didn't mention at the end of that, that match, um, Mongo's wife, Deb, Deborah, turns on him and, and now starts going with Jared. So there's the beginning of that here in this pay-per-view. And, we, and we'd see that even in WWF when he'd go over there, too. Yeah. But, yeah, we got Hall and the Macho Man. Uh-huh. Against DDP and Kurt Henning, and I wonder what's going to happen here. <laughs> it's melts are pretty much summed it up with a half a star, so we really aren't going to talk too much about it. It's but. very, it's it's already. This one was too predictable. Yeah, um, Bloom's really on the road, off the rose at this point. Yeah, this one is like, you know, that Kurt's going to turn in it. You know, with the NWO, why else would he be picked here in this spot? He's already turned down the horseman spot. So it's it's very, you can see this one coming, I guess. Yeah, you can see it from a mile away. Uh, and yeah, I just, I don't know, man. It just, it didn't work for me. You know, it's like, okay, you could have very easily... You know, we'd see a lot of the DDP and Savage later on this year as well. But it's just like, okay, you're still trying to play off it. Just turn Henning already and just get it over with because you know it's coming. Just do it. Get it over with. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of getting it over with, Devin Dowling's back. Uh, he says, if DDP didn't trip, uh, didn't trip make, trip make, yeah, excuse me. <laughs> trip make. <laughs> Trip make. I swear to God, I, I should really like, these questions like before check, that. Checkmate? Yeah, I mean, I think he's getting all flushed, too. He's about to get married. But 
Um, <laughs> if DDP's trip didn't make Henning fall out of the ring, would Henning have joined the four horsemen? Uh, no. I don't think so either. No. I, I just, I think Henning, Henning, we needed to see a, 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 a heel Henning and NWO. I wish he would have joined the horseman though, just because he wouldn't have got lost in the sauce so much. Right. I mean, this guy is a in his prime a top three wrestler in the world. Oh, sure. I uh, definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. And I mean, to just waste him as a another guy in the NWO, I never liked it, even though I knew that's where it was going. I just never Still to this day, I don't like Kurt in the NWO. It, yeah. I get it. Kind of makes sense. But when you put Kurt in, there was just way too many people in there, and it, it just didn't work. Sure. So, man, our next match, it's like a scene from 1992. You got Roddy Piper taking on Ric Flair. 13 and a quarter minutes, three and a quarter stars from Meltzer. Uh, you know, during the match, Benoit McMichael attempt to interfere uh, before the referee ejects them both. I I didn't really dig it that much, to be honest with you. And Piper's really selling his knee, and but the fans really liked it though. I just yeah, didn't get the it. The fans were the fans were into it, including myself rewatching it. Um, this is the eighth match on the card. I, well, the thing I'll say about this card. They got matches man there's i think it, this is the there was Last one more one. this is semi main event you guys still have the main event after this so there so was nine, nine, total. nine nine matches on the card that's not bad at all um f- you know first of all i don't like the idea of these two fighting when they should both be fighting the nwo and that's why that's one of the main co- contributors to why i didn't like it. it's like okay why not join together and they, the, they were the they were together against the NWO, and then they I guess they had their own little squabbles, which I never where, got. That's why it's like you know, why, whatever. If they want to make this happen, that I'm all for a Flair Piper match. I loved it in the Royal. You know, when I watched this match, I was thinking Royal Rumble '92 when Flair was all by himself and he got everyone out of the ring and then all of a sudden his bagpipe hits and he just knows he's fucked and Piper comes running out. And so I love these two together. This was actually my second favorite match of the card behind the, uh, the trios match. Um, Flair is in his Royal blue robe, kind of that, uh, not dark blue, but kind of like a, the Royal blue robe that he's, that he wears a lot here and he's, these uh, later WCW years. Now, when I saw that, I was worried. I'm like, God damn it. Don't let him wear blue tights. Cause you know, Piper's going to have on blue tights. Right. And Flair did put on a pair. He wore the blue robe. He had his blue knee pads and he had black tights on just, I think to See, just kind of to be different. Yeah. Which I was glad. Cause I hate it when like, you know, you're wrestling fucking Piper on a pay-per-view. Don't wear blue. He's wearing the same thing since 1985. <laughs> yeah. Piper's going to wear blue. Yeah. Um, 
Tony was into this match. Really, all three announcers were, which made it more fun for me to watch. Um, Piper wins with the sleeper. About what you would expect out of a match. It went longer than I thought it would. Um, like I said, my second favorite match, just because two of my favorite performers of all time, and I always like to watch them, and especially when they're uh, wrestling each other. Like I said, I don't like it for the time period. I just feel like they should be united force against the NWO and not wrestling each other, but whatever. That's, well, if you see over obviously, my... Obviously, WCW didn't ask me to book that month. Well. If you see over my right shoulder here, you can see the Roddy Piper figure I got back mm-hmm. there. So I definitely dug it, but I also dug it the first time I saw it in 92. Yeah. So, I, and, and they still could go here. I, I'm not discrediting them. I'm just like, okay, why? There's no point in this match. You should be keeping the storyline of them being part of WCW going against the NWO. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't... They had other fish to fry as far as that goes. And we're going to see that in this main event when we have Luger taken on um, Dennis Rodman and Hogan with his partner, the giant, AKA Paul white, AKA the big show Uh, star and a half from Meltzer. You have Savage out with Hogan and Rodman. Um, What are your thoughts on Rodman here? Um, God, at the time he was one of the biggest stars in the world right i mean he had just done the what i always remember is the book signing and the wedding dress or whatever and everyone flipped their shit um you know i think what next year he would miss what would he miss some practices and practices when they're in the finals or something when they're in the finals so he could wrestle with carl malone or whatever like what the hell are we doing here but you know Worm was worm. He's still doing stupid shit like going to North Korea and thinking that Kim Jong-un likes him or some bullshit. Like, whatever. Dennis has gone to Dennis. Dennis was Dennis in here. But the thing is, oh, here, Luger was even selling for him. Mm -hmm. You know, so... They oh, and the announcers, the announcers were putting him over huge. Like, oh, oh yeah. they're saying his first radio, he's been training, you can tell, you know, blah, blah, blah. They were right. putting him over. Like, this ain't going to be the last time you see him wrestle, you know, stuff right. like that. And what I even saw, we, we see the imposter sting here taking a shot with the bat against uh, the giant. Just a lot of extracurricular activities here, which is kind of what you'd expect with the NWO. Yeah. With Hogan Here's what I don't understand. Why bring imposter sting out to hit giant with a bat just so giant and Luger can still win like that wasn't even the finish, but that wasn't even the finish. We'd see, <laughs> we'd see, we'd, we'd see Hogan submit to the torture rack. Yeah. Hogan and that never happens. It was Again. very, very gurgled there at the end of this thing. And I didn't understand some of it, which that's called a WCW finish. When you watch it and you don't understand it at the end, that's called a WCW finish because that's usually how they finish their pay-per-views. You know, so Brian Harems is back. He said, to me, Giant and Luger seem like an odd pair for Hogan and Rodman. If you could could have changed Luger or Giant, who would you have replaced with? Who would you replace them with and who? Um, I would have replaced Giant with DDP. Yeah, um, I would have. Yeah, I would even honestly. 
I probably I was gonna say I would have replaced Luger with DDP, but okay. I would have taken Deep Giant out of this. I would have made it a six man. Put Savage in there with Hogan and Rodman, and then put uh, Flair and Piper in there with Luger. Hmm. Um, obviously, it's a lot of moving parts, but at least with that, you know what you're gonna get. You know, you're not gonna really depend on Piper for as much because he's selling for his knee and his hip and all that stuff. Uh, so obviously Luger would be doing a lot of the work, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I, you know who should have been in the NWO. This was the missing component. Bret Hart. No former WWE guy, just type of guy was there during the new generation era with Scott and Kev. What about NWO Tatanka? You don't like that? Like black and white feathers. <laughs> they did, they did, but they did that. But they did that anyways in the in the uh, WWF with when he was part of uh, DiBiase's group crew there. Oh, so they did it eventually. We'll see DiBiase. He's already in the NWO, so he can just say, "I'm bringing one of my boys over. I got it one of my sense. boys." It makes sense, but I would honestly, why not Bam Bam then? Can we put um, the Jimmy Bam Bam would make sense? Can we put the Jimmy Hendrix guitar rip in front of the Indian song that the Tonka comes out to? And we'll just start it with. And then have the Tatanka music play. <laughs> every every like every like couple of bars. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ, we're off on it. NWO Tatanka. There you go. That's what we need. So what the world Devin, was missing. So the very young Devin Dowling said, since I wasn't born yet, how big of a draw was Dennis Rodman? Um, uh, huge. Dude, he was a huge fucking draw in 97, 98 because you get that crossover from the NBA. We'd see that with that, the, um, with, uh, Carl Malone. We saw in the NFL with Reggie white and, um, I'm surprised uh, Kevin Dennis, green. I'm surprised Dennis didn't have his own sex tape at this point. I mean, that's all he was missing. Ask Eric Bischoff on it. He walked <laughs> in on him and cat Carmen Electra. So what the hell? Uh -oh. I'm sure it's out. I'm sure it's somewhere out there somewhere. Just nobody knows about okay, it. Okay. Devin Dowling at this time, Dennis Rodman was dating or had dated, just broke up with Madonna. I mean, if you're mm -hmm. dating Madonna, you're kind of at the top of the, the, the cream of, of the crop. Uh -huh. He's a cream of something. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and speaking of cream of something, Michael McClanahan oh, God. has two questions. That's like cottage cheese. That's rotten milk is what. All right, then. Man, we're really sh both of us are shitting on Michael this week. God damn. Uh, so he says, who was the more imposing heel in 97? Hulk Hogan or Bret Hart? If Michael McClanahan was alive, I'd say Michael McClanahan was the more imposing heel. But so in 97, Hulk Hogan or Bret Hart. And if you're talking about this time period right now, which would be July of 97. Correct. Oh God. I I think that Brett was amazing. He had amazing heat from all the Stone Cold lovers, from the American fans shitting on America, you know, especially calling Pittsburgh the toilet bowl of the United States, which he correctly stated. Sure. Um, you know, if the United States was a toilet, I'd put the hose right here in Schittsburg. Which I mean, 
So I'm going to say Hogan because what Brett said right there, that's not heel. That's true. That's that's babyface talk. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go Hogan on that answer. Uh, I, I, I can't. Anything I say right now is not going to live up to that. So I'm just going to move on. And I will um, say Hogan, Hogan, he changed him turning heel changed the whole and uh, and michael you'll appreciate this because you like your numbers it changed the whole financial aspect of wcw um, for the better obviously for the better i i don't know that brett going heel necessarily did that for vince i think austin's no, it didn't i think do much austin I think, did better for him. i think brett fighting austin was more of a money was the him. the money I don't know that Brett turning heel was necessarily the deciding factor in that. Right. No, I get that. Uh, he also wants to know, how do you think a Heart Foundation versus NWO would have played out during 97? Heart Foundation versus NWO. Well, it wouldn't have been good because they're both trying to, to squeeze heel heat out of the fans uh, against each other. So someone's got to be a face. So. Well, yeah, two and, and the Heart Foundation wasn't big enough for the NWO. NWO had what yeah. 30 fucking people true <laughs> you know what i mean so I, I i get the concept of what his question was once pillman died we were really fucked over on the heart foundation side right. as far as that right. gets but you know it's i get his pro, his thought process on it i don't think it would have worked i think the nwo still would have went over because they were i the nwo at this time was a lot hotter than the heart foundation I think the Heart Foundation was cool, though, because it was a small group, but all the members were cool. Mm-hmm. Like, like Davey Boy, Owen, Brett, Jim, it, it, and, and obviously uh, Brian, but it, it kept it in a small group, and they all had their important roles, whereas the NWO was such a big group, everyone kind of got lost in the sauce, so to speak, to where... So I think they're very different if you want to compare the two. Um, I think the Heart Foundation, I wish it could have been longer than a summer because I think they had real staying power as a heel group, maybe even as a babyface group eventually in the WWE. But I think they had a two or three year run there where they could have all stayed together. That would have been cool, but we didn't get to see that. Yeah. And I know that wasn't the part of the question. Sorry, I'm just rambling on with this. No, that's that's no, that's absolutely fine. But real quick, we're gonna take a short break and tell you why Athletic Greens is a number one, just like the NWO and the Heart Foundation, and also why I need your to stomach. Take some athletic Greens. I probably wouldn't have slept in this morning. I would have. There been you on go. Time. You would have been up and up. And also, <laughs> if you would have had, and honestly, if you would have woke up to um, some someone cooking some every plate. Your stomach will thank you as well. So <laughs> there you go. we'll check them out as well. So we'll be right back. Also, we'll be right back with Elijah hitting the button. Having two successful podcasts, having a job that I'm up for at 4.30 in the morning, having a family, having a 10-year-old son that I want to go outside and play ball with each and every day. I needed a lot of energy. And I wanted to stay fit at the same time. But, and I really didn't want to take, you know, this pill or that pill or all these different pills that will cost me hundreds of dollars. But thanks for a great new sponsor, AG1 by Athletic Greens. I don't need to do any of that. Just with, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced superfoods, as well as probiotics, 
to help you start your day right. This is a special blend of ingredients to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, and you recover and you focus so much better with AG1 from Athletic Greens. And the best part about it is it costs you less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than getting all those different supplements from the store, all these different pills. It is just simply fantastic. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with confident daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support, vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks to our friends over at athleticgreens.com. Do you want to save on your grocery bill? I know I do, and every plate has the answer for you. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. Try America's Best Value Meal Kit plan for delicious dinners that doesn't break the bank. At first, I thought meal kits were a little bit expensive, but it turns out that every plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portions to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like that bag of spinach or corn that you just end up throwing out anyways at the end of the week. This time of the year, I'd rather be enjoying the sunshine than cooking in the kitchen. Every plate helps me do that. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in six steps and are ready in around 30 minutes or less. Every plate even offers four choices for you, from classic plate to veggie plate to family plate and even the easy plate. Preferences that are to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Every plate is so easy to order and it's so affordable compared to going to the grocery store. Its lower price is basically a game changer for me because last night we had the smash burgers that I was sent absolutely phenomenal. It's quick, it's easy, and it's delicious. Plain, simple, to the point. Get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code RINGSIDERANT179. That's going to everyplate.com and using the promo code RINGSIDERANT179 to get your meals for $1.79. Thanks to our friends over at EveryPlate. Let's get musical. Let me hear your body talk. Justin, we are on to Eddie Prather's favorite segment of the show. It's wrestling with music this week. 
you know, you had a couple weeks to think about it, Justin. Who do you got this week for wrestling with music? Well, this this song is always, I think, forgotten about. But when I think of my little slap big ass in my bedroom watching Nitro in 1997, I'd say that this music got played a lot. And this just reminds me, this song reminds me of Nitro. So hit it. Got a little bridge. Here comes. Build up to it, baby. <laughs> oh God. Okay, I gotta cut it now. Uh, so that if those of you that don't know, that was Lex Luger. Um, dude, these four additions we're gonna get to this week are gonna put us at 87 total. Uh, so we're getting we're, we're almost there, Justin. But where are you thinking, man? I'm uh okay. Let me let me say a couple things about this song. Okay. Like I said, it has to me reminds me of Nitro. Sure, like, I agree with you. I can just hear them coming back from commercial, and then that song hits, and here comes Lex Luger for a match. You know. Sure. Um, I think it is okay that it's got a good little riff for now. Don't quote me on this, but did WCW just find this music, or did they actually make this music? Because made this that's what i want to say and if that's the case this is one of their better efforts because lord knows it's a low bar to jump over with the shit (laughs) so i mean other than harlem heat there ain't a whole lot of good shit that they put together over there so for me this isn't terrible i like it um where do you got it underneath um i'd say under i don't i just think this is very repetitive I I could put it in I put it in front of Lesnar's and behind Finley, behind but Finley. I th- but I think that is the right spot. It's in this neighborhood, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just, to me, anyways, I, just I like it. Lesnar's I like it a little. Okay, I mean, I like it better than Lesnar's, but that's that, we, that's a coin flip. We get yeah. We'll just let's put it at fifty-two just to be safe, because I'm sure we'll get shit for it either way. Because I'm sure people will not like the Lex Luger WCW. Because I don't because he, what, what was he, American? No, not American made it was Hogan. I'm trying to remember on what the hell this was when in, uh, w- in WWE. Well, remember him and Bulldog became a tag team and they like mixed their music together. Yeah, that made... sucked too. <laughs> that absolutely sucked, but I don't know. But my edition this week, we talked about him. I put them over. You put them over as well, man. Psychosis, man. There's not much we can say about it. So let's just hit the music. (laughs) 
right, we're gonna cut it off. I there. don't remember seeing Psychosis with his mask off, but I saw it there, and yeah, was, we uh, saw him a little there. Decent later. looking young man back in the day there. I Just like Ray, Mr. That. Ray Mysterio. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so I like it. I do too. I, that reminds me of Nitro too, just like Luger's, because I—that's another song you can hear, like coming back from commercial, and then like, okay, now we got a cruiserweight match going on. So um, I'm thinking. I I would put it in 60s. front. I would put it in front of the Sultan. It'd be right at sixty. Yeah. I would too. I honestly, I could put it anywhere from sixty to probably. 67 anywhere in that neighborhood but you know 60 is not too bad to be honest with you no i it's a good song i mean it's kind of it's it's got that little hook you know that it just kind of hooks you in and there's nothing bad about it it's just Mm -hmm. it's not overbearing it's kind of a light little song to introduce psychosis and sure i like it so we have two additions from our great loyal listeners we'll start first you know because age take that that top 10 out of my sight so age i don't like seeing where bret hart's music is on that list now so age before beauty i'm just (laughs) going to ignore you age before beauty so this one is coming to us from mr brad stanton So we're gonna we're gonna stop it there just because it's pretty much it's the same general feeling, but it's just yeah. the build and the build and the build yeah. and the build. The only negative thing I will say about this is you play this and not everybody will know who it is. That's the only objection to it. But you know, you know what? I have something to say about that though. Okay. I, I think you're right, but here's something else I'll say. I go to a one of the high schools here, it's about hour and 45 minutes away from my house here north toward athens ohio where ohio university is home of joe burrow but um (laughs) i go up there and this girls basketball team they come out for the last three or four years that i've refereed their games when they announce the girls names before the basketball game they do it to this song really which which that's interesting which i think is very cool and it is cool. They turn out the lights and this music plays and they the girls, you know, it's pretty cool. So 
I give it points for that. Um, it is a badass song. Um, I love it. I would put it probably around the 30 area. 30? What's the, what's in the 30 spot? Uh, Trish Stratus. Yeah, I I put it... Um, I, I, I would put it right under... I'd put it at 32. Right under RVD. Because I just think with RVD, RVDs is so well known overall. Even with Trish Stratus. We're getting into that era too where Carlito's like, eh, noticed Dudley's or eh, noticed. I'd still put it above Stratus and RVD. And here's why. The song's better. The song okay. is good. I can I can get with you that. Know, you know what I mean? I to can me, to me, yeah. a good song's still gonna beat it out. Like I like listening to that song way more than I would Trish Stratus's or or whatever. So no, I get you it. I get you on that one. So we had age before beauty. It's now time for beauty before age. Our good buddy Adam from Bama. Or as Paul Brahma likes to say, Bama from Adam or whatever. He brings the prince himself, Prince Devitt. Bring it down. So interesting side note. This is the theme song. Don't I don't know how I know this. I, I saw it in the internet. Is this is the song where Adam actually dances to in his underwear? Rumor innuendo has it. I don't know. Oh, um, Adam has seen me without my underwear, that's for sure. But that's another story for another time about a long ago time period in a waffle house. But Okay, so say. Adam and Joshua walk into a Waffle House. Go. That, that, that's just a bad well, joke in general. And throw Mark Nelson in there too. And you really, that's, yeah. It was so side note, you know, we're getting in the weeds in this. So I'm doing research for Brian's show. And we're, we're doing Eddie Guerrero versus JBL. Uh, what was it? Uh, Armageddon or something yeah. from 2004. And I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm like, I had a double. I had to actually rewind it. Fucking Mark Nelson is there in his fucking oh, yeah. San Jose Sharks jersey <laughs> holding up on a, the ramp, holding up a holding sign. Up. What a loser! Who comes and holds up a Sharks jersey? He's not even wearing it. He's just holding it up. Like, look He's at me. I'm a, I'm a Sharks fan. Look at me. What no one cares. Does Mark. that? What kind of Mark no, does uh, that? A very weird Mark, and his name's Mark Nelson. Apparently, maybe anyway, one of the so, weirdest people I've ever met. But that's. And we and we know Frank Bruno. Um, I would say I love this song. First of I, all, yeah, for people that don't know, my favorite current wrestler Finn is Balor. Finn Balor. Um, and I 
I've always loved this song though. I I just like it. It's fun. Now, where would I put it? I don't think I can put it that high. I you don't think put, so? Uh uh-uh. uh. Hold on. What's that Undertaker you're gonna pay? Who's gonna pay what? What's that Brent. number 14? You're gonna pay, you're gonna pay. Jesus Christ, like the shit they done. I'm going to put an asterisk by this list because you and Pondwater Dave have desecrated it since I've been gone. Oh, just get off your fucking high horse. Jesus God. Christ. Just you because put- we moved Bret Hart down. I did. I, I told Dave, I said, Justin is going to give me shit for the rest of the freaking year Not only until that. we finish this list. Not only that, you put Undertaker you're going to pay in front of Dusty Rhodes. God damn it. And that's the second one I told him about. We're going to, I was going to hear about. Jesus but- Lord. I would, honestly, it's been going on since I've been gone. I can't listen. I got to quit making a living. I can't work anymore because whenever I leave, shit like this goes down on, on this list. You know what? I, I blame Michael McClanahan. Fuck it. I mean, now <laughs> I was going to say I would put Finn Balor maybe after LOD, but now that I see Undertaker, you're going to pays up there fucking hanging around at 14. I don't know what to do. My whole equilibrium is fucking blown off. I don't know what. I would put them in. Honestly, I would put them in between Cena and the Hardys. You know what? You and you do what you want to do because you and fucking Pondwater are going to be doing crazy shit anyway. So just fucking throw it in there. That's what I'm, she I'm said. Tell, there's going to be an asterisk by this list when we're done. Oh, but seriously, would, where would you put it? Though? I'm going to release my own list. Well, that's what we're doing anyways. We're going to be doing it at the end of this anyways. We're going to do our own top 10 anyways out of the list. So what the I, hell? I am a fan of the Hardys music, and I'm a fan of LOD's music more than I am that song. I love that song, but I like yeah. those two songs better. So put them in between Jericho in the WWE and LOD, you think? Yeah. Okay, I can dig that. I was gonna put it up higher, but as you know, you're gonna have a fucking aneurysm. So <laughs> apparently, I can't spell spell fucking Balor. There we go. I mean, and why are we listening to Pondwater Dave's choice in music? He probably liked like his favorite growing up as a kid was Patsy fucking Klein. And there, so early- so interesting side note. Where the hell is it? With his edition, I put all the way the fuck down here. Where the hell is it? Right here, Iceman Parsons. I saw that. I saw that when we first started looking at the list. I I was like, what the fuck is that? I told him. We are family. He wanted to put, I'm like, I'm like, I told him, I want to put it dead last. But I'm like, (laughs) out of respect, because I respect my elders, we have to put it up above Hogan and Glacier. So we are family. (laughs) Wasn't that the song to the 1979 Schittsburg Pirates? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, so fuck that song. <laughs> oh shit. See what I got to deal with, folks. Whatever. It is what it is. Anyways, next week, if we're still, you know, friends and still doing the show, because I'm sure you'll <laughs> probably find a way to kill me in my sleep or something because of the stupid list. Yeah, I got enough shit to deal with between Eddie Prather DMing me and Amy Amy Vaughn DMing me about the shitty list we got going and this should be higher. That should be higher. This should be lower. Whatever. It's subjective, folks. That's why we're going to have our own top 10 at the end of this. 
They got a they got a song of 14 ladies and gentlemen. I don't even know what the song is. Never heard of it before. Undertaker, this or that. I don't know what that is. Never heard of it. I'm not I'm not gonna even give you a goddamn Conor Curry to see to play it on this show again. Go back and listen to it again. Go Google it, YouTube it, whatever the hell you want to do. Because this is the one week he's actually getting me flustered, folks. They put in Undertaker's eighth or ninth uh, theme song in at number fourteen. <laughs> Next week, folks, we're going to be going over the Bash at the Beach, nineteen ninety eight. But before that, head over, follow us on the Twitter gimmick at underscore ringside rant. He is at JD2040 or simply just go over to castby.com slash ringside rant. All our platforms are there. You can also All- drive. You can drive to Huntington, West Virginia and buy me lunch. If you ever want to do that, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be up for it. And he will actually wear a shirt on like today, folks. Yeah, maybe, you know. It's, it is the well, summer. It's a, it's it's the summer months. I'm off. It, normally, I go, I go days right now without putting on a shirt, and I won't tell you about the rest. But possibly, well, maybe. Un- unfortunately, I actually had to wear sunglasses <laughs> because when he walked in, he was so fucking pale. But anyways, oh no, no, I'm tan. I got that softball umpire tan and that pool tan. Look, I could win the WCW title in 1997 right now. Look how tan I am. Well, but. Uh, never mind. I'm, I was going to say some sort of athletic ability, but anyways, normally you would say sun's out, guns out, but sun's out, nipples out for Justin. <laughs> uh, so that's, 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 there's just some things you can't unsee folks. Um, and that much skin coming from Justin Davis should be illegal, but in West Virginia, the more skin, the better. Uh, hey, so- wi- the, the state motto is wild and wonderful. I thought, I thought it was West Virginia. Why the hell not? uh what's what's braces that's our motto what's braces i thought it was just you just Mm. yeah whatever anyway so next week we're we're kind of you know all fucked up now anyways but anyways 98 crash at the beach next week um head over follow us thanks to shining wizards 98 bash at the beach full press the hitman might be in that Fuck, I forgot about that. Son of a bitch. <sighs> this should be good. The show just life. got better. Oh, God, I hate my life right now. He's oh, probably not God. in it because I think in his contract, he only had to work like three pay-per-views a year. So he's probably actually not in this one. He's probably we'll not see. in it. I don't know. <laughs> I have to look at it, to be honest with you. I don't even know, to be honest with you. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in this week, even though we kind of just shut the bed at the end of this. But anyways, Justin, what do you got? I'll I'll leave it up to you. I got nothing. I'm getting ready for a little July 4th uh, party tomorrow here and by the pool. I will be smoking a huge ass pork butt and making some pulled pork for the, uh, you know, the peons that come to the house and we will uh, have ourselves a day, hopefully. And I hope everyone enjoys the July 4th weekend. Please actually, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be done, but Please don't shoot your ears off with fireworks or start, you know, set your hair on fire, which RJ doesn't have to worry about. But I have seen that done back in my day when I was in high school. I saw someone set their hair on fire with a firework, which is quite comical. So please don't do that. (laughs) Um, Please don't do that. Have a safe weekend. And everyone, hope you're enjoying your summer. And guess what, RJ? This is the last month 
before that we don't this is the last month we don't have nfl football so with that being said how about that next month you'll be hearing each and every week justin and i throwing it at each other as far as our great great football teams are considered well my mine is great anyways justin's is so so um and i'm still throwing throwing the challenge out there every every time to Frank Bruno and Mr. Jeff Jarrett for their wonderful Titans. Actually, you know what, Justin? I know I sent this to you, but I'll show you this again. You see that little addition there that Mr. Jarrett that. put on there? Mm-hmm. So for those of you that aren't familiar to that, uh, I had a personalized for being part of um, the uh, Top Guy Theater uh, live stream. They did 24 hours. And anybody that bid for the thing was sent a personalized Jeff Jarrett autograph and he put hashtag tighten up on the actual <laughs> he personalized it all right and kind yeah. of jabbed me at the same time so thank you for yeah. that Mr. Jarrett and uh, I get, we'll see you next week right here on the Ringside Rant <laughs>